This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Plato. Now, if you follow our video games, you'll recall we've been covering how game developers are responding to climate change in their games. Some are a little dystopian, you could say. Others are a bit more hopeful. Producer D. Peter Schmidt is here with me to play one that I hear falls into the latter camp, hopefully. Hi, D. Hey, Ira. Tell me about this game. Yeah, so... It's called Terra Nil. Have you ever like played games like Roller Coaster Tycoon or City Skylines or Civilization, anything like that? Yes, where you build stuff up, right? You start with zero and you build like a city or something. Exactly. Kind of have this like godlike view of a huge area of land and like maybe you're growing crops to start a town. Right. Which leads to chopping down trees to build buildings, which could lead to like building factories or something like that. And eventually have this kind of like satisfying machine loop kind of running. I wish I wish I were that good at it. Yeah. But yes, I know. I know what you mean. Yes. Yeah. So Terranil is kind of the reverse of that. So you start with a barren wasteland that you assume has kind of been like ravaged by climate change. And it's just like dirt and some rocks and, you know, polluted stuff. But your whole goal is to restore it to like a thriving natural ecosystem. And then the other part of your goal is just, just to straight up leave <laughs> when you're done. Remove any any trace that you were ever there. No human presence. Wow. It's like it's like camping in the forest, right? Uh, yeah. Leave it better than you found it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you, you have the game pulled up on your end, right? I have it up. Okay. So I'm going to press the button. It says new restoration. It's just a barren land with a tree and one leaf that just blew off. Wow, (laughs) that's very sad looking, like the face of Mars here. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Oh, it's now starting. It's providing me electricity. Tap to select the turbine. And it's blowing. I see the wind is turning the blades. Yay. (laughs) A toxin scrubber. It says it's cleaning the soil. Wow, I see there are green patches there now. There we go. So that's, that's kind of the vibe. I love it. Yeah. So I talked to the lead designer of Terra Nil. His name is Sam Alfred to just talk about how the game came together, what sort of scientific research they had to do for it. And I started by asking him how the idea for it came about. So we wanted to try and make something that was inspired by the genre of building games. But instead of building a city, you were building nature instead. So starting with this barren wasteland and you're bringing life back to it, that's where it all began. Yeah, so it's it's working within the city builder genre. Can you describe how those games have traditionally been designed and played and, and maybe what was like frustrating to you about those games? So typically everything, particularly the natural world in a building game, is important for what value can be extracted from it. Like forests are valuable insofar as you can chop down the trees so you get the lumber so you can build industry or rocks are valuable so you can build castles or or is valuable so you can run your factory. And Eternal makes the argument, not overtly, but through its design, that nature and the natural world is intrinsically valuable, that it has its own value rather than value from what you can gain from it. So there's not a lot of that feeling in the builder genre. It's very much a kind of numbers go up (laughs) style of game where you start with a village and you want to turn it into a town and then you want to turn it into a city and in order to do that the the environment is is just a tool Mm -hmm. it's just a tool and we wanted to instead try and make a game where the environment was not the tool the environment was at the forefront of the player's mind when they were playing the game in the moment-to-moment gameplay you are constructing wind turbines or toxin scrubbers or irrigators water pumps and it's like this very relaxed, slow-paced, meditative, and restorative. Yeah. What kind of scientific research did you and the team do for the game? So 
Our studio is based in Cape Town in South Africa. And I've always had a deep love of the environment and of nature. I spent my childhood hiking all over the country. And um, in Cape Town, there is this incredible biome of wildflowers called Feinbos that only grows in the Western Cape around Cape Town. And it also has this incredible property that require fire to germinate. They need to be burned in order to release their seeds. And what this does is it means that all the grass and the scrub and the bushes that might have been competing for resources are no longer there. And the seeds can grow in the nutritious ash that's left behind after the fire. So the first kind of major update we did was taking this inspiration from Feinbos and putting this controlled burn fire mechanic into the game that was kind of the first real idea that hey maybe we can look at the natural world and find some incredible examples of ideas that people don't usually put in video games yeah actually when i first used the controlled burn mechanic i just love that controlled burn as a mechanic exists at all in, <laughs> in a game but i ended up almost burning my entire <laughs> plot of land <laughs> that happens more often than you think <laughs> yeah. and i definitely had to hit the the undo button after that i was like oh my god no but when you and the team were trying to think of different methods of restoring the land were you ever like oh we need some way to do x to the land and actually this real world method would be like a perfect verb for the player to, to take. Yeah, there, there are a couple of other really good examples from the game. We look to five broad categories and I think 16 subcategories of biome classification on Earth. And we thought, wouldn't it be really cool if we could make one level for each of the overarching classifications? Mm. And so the approach to the game's development became, okay, we're going to make our tropical region now. Let's do some research about what kind of plants grow there? What kind of biomes could you find? And so one of the elements you have to restore in the tropical area is coral reefs. Coral reef destruction and coral bleaching is a real big problem in our oceans today with sea temperatures rising and shipping, things like that. Coral reefs are getting destroyed all over the place. So we did some research into how coral restoration projects work in the real world and found some really interesting stuff there. So Coral restoration projects often happen on land first, in coral nurseries, where there are these pools of ocean water that have steel frames in them. And coral apparently grows really well on steel. In the case of a coral nursery, the steel frame is used as like a skeleton for a new coral reef. And existing coral is taken and then through a process called microfracturing is spread out over the frame and adhered to the frame all over the place. And that increased surface area of the coral means that the coral growth is sped up significantly. And then once that coral is mature, it can be dropped into the ocean just as is. And over time, the coral will come to completely overgrow the frame and just use it as a backbone. And natural coral reefs do this too with rock. But in this way, we can sort of speed up the process of coral reef growth. So in Terra Nil, we have a coral laboratory that you construct on the land in the tropical region and then use a, a monorail network that's an important part of the challenge of that particular level to move that coral core into the ocean to then grow a reef. Yeah, you know, before I started playing this game, you know, I was kind of like, okay, it's going to be about climate change in some ways. And I think I was kind of subconsciously preparing myself for it to be like kind of heavy. But instead, the overwhelming emotion I got when I was playing, it was like, 
oh, wow, like all of this restoring our ecosystems, focusing on balance, actively making the environment better around you. It didn't only feel really good, like in the short term, kind of like rewarding dopamine hit that (laughs) strategy builder games are like really good at, but also big picture, like feeling optimistic about action we can positively take about our future with climate change. Like there is this massive task ahead of us. But this game really gave me a firm sense of like, oh, yeah, like we can do this. It's going to be a lot of work, but we can change our perspective about the work that will be involved with combating the climate crisis. And yeah, yeah. How, how much of that did you and the team have in mind while you were making the game? Well, well I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really nice to hear that because um, this idea of climate positivity to combat climate apathy is very core to what we were trying to do with the game. We're very much of the belief that the things we consume as a culture the media, but also the cultural preconceptions and cultural beliefs are kind of like a a self-fulfilling prophecy where if every game ever made is just about dystopian futures and cyberpunk cities, then it feels almost inevitable that we'll end up there. At one point in the development of the game, we did have many discussions about whether or not we should include what happened to cause us to get to this point. But in the end, we decided to include none of that because it's not a game about browbeating the player with these are all the things that went wrong. It's a game about imagining a better future. So yeah, that's really nice to hear. That's exactly what we're going for. <laughs> you talked before about like you and the team didn't want to make Terra Nil be like infinitely replayable, which is something a lot of other developers try to do with their games. Can you talk about the impulse behind that? Yeah. So quite early on in the game's design, we realized that if this was going to be a game about balance of ecosystems in a level of Terra Null, you have to have wetlands and forests and fainbos all in the same landscape. Creating too much of one means that you can't use that space for another. And so it's very much part of the game's identity to be about balance. Being finite is kind of a natural extension of that idea. If we just gave you the option to just I don't know, buy more land Mm. because you grew too many trees and now you need some wetlands. It would kind of undercut the philosophical idea we're going for that more important than growth is balance. It's a game where at most the level will take you two hours or something like that, Mm. as opposed to, you know, being able to build the same city for a hundred hours. And the fact that you can't just keep playing it forever, that balance is the ultimate goal. Infinite growth is not the goal. And this is, again, about the environment, but it's also a little bit of a statement about society and some of the problems inherent in the way we view economic growth and the value we put on your quarterly returns have got to be bigger this quarter than they were last quarter. Sustainability doesn't come into it. Yeah. What role do you think games serve in the context of climate change and climate action? I think games can be this incredible window into what is possible. Games are things people do for fun, generally speaking. They're a recreational activity, and therefore they're a really great vehicle for getting people to think about things differently because they're relaxing. They're not being forced to engage with something. They're choosing to engage with it, right? So you can use your video game to let people know that there are things that exist that maybe they hadn't heard of before and think to themselves, huh, I'm going to look this up. I'm going to find out more about it. And maybe even go a step further and be inspired to do something else in the real world. And I think games have a unique opportunity in that respect, because unlike a film, when you're playing a game, you're playing the game. 
you're not just receiving it, you are taking the actions. And so if we as game developers can help players take interesting actions that let them think and learn in different ways, it's a hugely powerful medium. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great place to end it. Thank you for taking the time, Sam, and thanks for the game. Cool. Thanks so much for having me. Sam Alfred is the lead designer of Terranil, developed by the studio Freelives. Terranil is playable through Steam on PC and Netflix games on iOS and Android. And if you want to check out the trailer for the game, yes, head over to our website, sciencefriday.com slash environment game.